0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Want to say hello to everybody in the chat watching us this afternoon. We appreciate everybody, and if you have a comment, feel free to put it in the chat. We'll get to a couple, and of course, super chats are always uh, encouraged, and you get to Cut the line before everybody else. we got a fun topic today. It was the last practice before the Bucks have their first preseason game of the season when they host the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a little bit of a revenge game or revenge practice, I should say, for the Bucs quarterbacks as they started hitting the deep ball. Something we haven't seen in a little while, and uh, a nice red zone slash goal line session for both Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. So see that, ladies and gentlemen. We like both of them when they play well. And when they do play well, we'll tell you about it. So a lot to get into on today's show. I'm your host, Matt Patera. Joined with me is my colleague from PeterReport.com that was with me at practice today. He goes by a couple of names. We call him B.A. We call him Bad Bailey. We call him... He's got another nickname that has to do, I think it was like an Avengers nickname or something like that. Yeah, Spider-Man. You are Spider-Man of <laughs> Bailey Adams, how you
1: doing, my man? I'm doing well. Like We were talking a little bit before we jumped on the podcast. The sun will take it out of you, and I am certainly feeling uh, a little tired from this morning, but ready to go for a, a great podcast.
0: Yeah, I, I understand. Like Yesterday's show, and Scott had mentioned it a couple of times, it was just unbearably hot it was ungodly hot and it was just as bad today but we got lucked out a little bit by uh some clouds did come like halfway through practice which really helped change things up a little bit but i know no one wants to hear us complain about the heat and understandably so Uh, so let's get into practice bailey this one was a little bit quicker than the past couple of days the bucks were in shells again and I think part of that was because they have a game on Friday. You don't want anything bad to happen in that time, especially with an off day tomorrow on Thursday for the Bucks. But after a five-interception practice on Tuesday, the quarterbacks, as you wrote in your article today, the Bucks Camp Insider, they really bounced back today, particularly in red zone and, and goal line. But overall, in general, a nice day for Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask equally Uh, What were your overall thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I thought they played a a cleaner practice. Uh, I mean, I wasn't out there yesterday, but reading the practice report and hearing you and Scott talk about it on the podcast—just five interceptions, interceptions galore. Um, Obviously, not a great, uh, a great practice for the quarterbacks on Tuesday, but I thought they bounced back pretty well on Wednesday. And you know, not a ton of big plays, but just some some nice intermediate throws. And then there were, uh, as the the title of this podcast says, there were a couple of deep balls that finally began to see, uh, see falling for the bucks. But yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was a better day for them. I know mean, it was a couple of uh, QB center exchange issues here and there, but overall, I mean, a, a turnover free day as far as interceptions are concerned and something you want to see in the last practice before uh, the preseason opener.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the, the topic at hand for this show, the deep balls, because that's been something that Kyle Trask hadn't been doing and to be honest, he didn't do it today either. The two deep balls were by John Wolford and Baker Mayfield. But Trask overall, I think, again, was very consistent. He read all of his uh, his keys very well. There, There was nothing really to be worried about with Kyle Trask, and he did hit the big deep ball yesterday to Mike Evans in that quote-unquote play of the day. But today's play of the day, while Trask and Baker were both very, very solid, as we've just said, John Wolford and, more importantly, Cade Warner had the most explosive play, not just of today, not just of this week, but of training camp, connecting for an 80-yard touchdown. You had to be there, Bailey, to to really believe it.
1: Yeah, and that's what's well, getting funnier and funnier as, like, practice has gone on. I don't know if funny is the right word, but when we hit head into the preseason, like, I'm excited to see John Wolford play. It's it's a weird thing. Yeah, yet, me too. We've got the we've got the quarterback competition. It's obviously downs to Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, but it's like you know you are going to get probably some combination of those guys, maybe for a half, maybe for a quarter. Then you are going to see a lot of John Wolford, and and he's been exciting to watch in practice. I mean, he's I don't know if it's the fact that like he doesn't have anything to lose or what it is, but he just he'll take chances. He's throwing the ball all over the place, and he's been fun to watch. So uh, as preseason comes, we'll, we'll be looking at all the quarterbacks, but it'll be a, a little bit of a show from John Wolford, I think.
0: It was very funny because at the beginning of practice, when photo and video is available, you know, we were all out there and we're having a little conversation. It was me, you, Jenna Lane from ESPN, who's awesome, and our fantastic photographer, Cliff Welch. Guys, the photos that you see on PeterReport.com, a majority of them come from Cliff Welch. And he is exceptional at what he does. But we're all just having this conversation um, and we were talking about the deep ball, how there's been issues with Baker and Kyle Trask and how John Wolford has been the most accurate deep ball passer of the Bucs quarterbacks. I even tweeted it out today, and we were kind of joking, like, oh, John Wolford, like, he's in this quarterback competition too. He's really not. He's not going to be the starter, but he was the best at the deep ball for, uh, for the Bucs so far in practice and continues to prove that today. Now, this one was probably more – more kudos it deserved to Cade Warner because he's the one that got open down the field. And we had a Hall of Famer quote tweeting pewterreport.com as well because obviously we tweeted about the big play. It was the biggest play. And uh hate to let Kurt Warner down, but he was asking where's the video of it. And unfortunately, we didn't have video of it because for those that may not know, because we've gotten this before. Like, show video, show video of any specific play, not just yeah. the, uh, the Cade Warner one. But for those that don't know, for training camp, uh, we can do photo, video, and all that stuff for the first portion of practice. It's usually like half an hour, but it kind of fluctuates here and there. Then after that, we can tweet everything, but we can't post photo and video. And There's a rhyme and reason behind it. It has to do with certain formations, and, and they don't want to give anything away to the opponent. So I totally understand it from the Buck side of things. But hate to let down Kurt Warner in that situation with his son, making a big play and Bailey it just kind of speaks to how great this wide receiver room has been because that was Cade Warner's moment. But this whole entire training camp, we talk about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Russell Gage all the time, but everyone else has really just stepped up in incredible ways.
1: Yeah. It's been a lot of fun to watch him mean, Cade Warner's had uh, his moments here and there, especially the one we just mentioned today. Um, and you know, Devin Tompkins has been all over the place Raheem Jarrett's been all over the place. I thought, I know you just mentioned him as somebody we talk about a lot, but Russell Gage, I thought, had a very, quietly had a very, very good practice today. Yeah. Um, you know, I, as practice goes on, I kind of keep some notes running and and any, any like, nice completions, anything like that, in 11-on-11s or 7-on-7s, seven I like to jot it down. And I went back and looked at my notes, and it was like, whether it was Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield, it was like Trask to trash to Gage, Baker to Gage, Trask to Gage. And it was just all these, like, intermediate routes. He was getting open. He was looking looking healthier, and – it, it was the kind of Russell Gage that the Bucks were looking for, but I mean, you see Devin Tompkins here. I mean, Devin Tompkins has been having an amazing camp, but uh, Trey Palmer is another one who I thought had a really good practice today. So it's really been a, a lot of fun. And I, I think each guy has had their moment. I know Ryan Miller has, has been yeah, all over the place as well. early
0: on he was doing things.
1: Yeah, and, and Kalen Geiger, I think here and there has has his moments. I know he's had a couple drops, had a couple today that, that were, uh, I'm sure, frustrating for him and for the Bucks quarterbacks, but – this, this wide receiver group is is deep, and I, I don't know care if you were there or not, but I'm sure you probably caught it when uh, we talked to Mike Evans last week. They asked him kind of about the young receivers, and he kind yeah. of said it was like, it's sad, or I forget how the the he verbat- said He said it sucks. He's like, yeah. we have so many good receivers,
0: it sucks. And you're like, wait, what? And then obviously he explained. He's like, there's so many good guys, but only so many players can make this team. And unfortunately, some of these guys are going to get cut. And even worse than that, some of these guys may never play in the NFL again, and it's a really, really harsh reality. But it, it kind of is what it is.
1: Yeah it, it's it's been it's been like kind of a, a yearly thing almost for the Bucks. They, they're pretty good at finding these undrafted guys. I mean, that's how they got Tompkins and Geiger last year. And I know I'm missing one, they had one of the undrafted guys last year. He's no longer with the Bucks, but there were three of them last year, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah,
0: um, he played with the. He played with um, Bailey Zappi, the yeah, Patriots then. I don't know, I don't know,
1: I don't know you know why I brought Gerith that up. Jareth Stearns. It was yes. Gareth Stearns. Okay, yeah. I'm glad you did that because I brought <laughs> I brought it up and was like, now I'm going to think the rest of the podcast about, you know, who that was and it was going to bother me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it seems like they do that every year, and this year especially seems to be a really, really good group, and it is. And and, and Todd Bowles talked about it a little bit today, and he kind of made more reference to the – outside linebacker group, but he said that yes. the decisions this year for the final roster are going to be more difficult than they were last year, and you kind of see why. I mean, you you had uh, a pretty set team last year and, and very few spots up for grabs, but this year it's completely different.
0: It very much is, and, yeah, that was very interesting from Todd Bowles after practice. We'll talk a little bit more about um, what Todd said <clears throat> once practice was finished. But, yeah, he did say outside linebacker is probably one of the most – uh, intriguing battles and matchups for him just whether or not they're going to keep four or five he got asked that and he said we haven't determined yet I'm kind of expecting that yeah. from from Todd Bowles but to say that it's going to be much more difficult this year to come up with the 53-man roster tough decision making but it's a good problem for the Bucs yeah. to have for sure especially in the year when they really needed to go bargain hunting because they had to pay the Tom Brady credit card. And that's why, you know, they had to sign Baker Mayfield as their quarterback and make sure that their draft picks were guys that were really going to contribute right away. And I think we're seeing that early on, but let's get back to the quarterbacks a little bit because there was another deep ball by Baker Mayfield, which was the second biggest deep ball of the day. And again, a welcoming surprise that they completed a big play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, uh, it was David Wells that he hit. Right. Um, yeah. deep down the field. And it, it was good to see because you've seen Baker, I think more so than Trask have a chance to attempt these deep balls and they haven't quite fallen. Um, but to see him connect on that one was, was really encouraging. And I think there's some that are, are still to come with Kyle Trask. Um, but yeah. I, I thought Baker looked pretty confident today. You know, he'd shaken off the, some of the interception problems he had um, in, in recent practices, but it, it's just good because I know and Dave Canales' offense. I don't think calls for. I actually, I know for a fact it doesn't call for nearly <laughs> as many deep balls as uh, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich's offense it did. Not. It's a lot of the more you know, quick hitters. You know, some of these screens, some of these uh, intermediate passes, getting the ball out quicker and, and less of these longer developing plays. But you still kind of want to see that um, ability to be explosive, and and you kind of were wondering through. A, you know, two weeks or two and a half weeks of training camp. Like, are they going to have this in their arsenal at all? Because some of these quarterbacks don't seem like they can hit, uh, hit the deep ball. But I think it's a chemistry thing. And, and I think we're starting to see it develop a little bit more.
0: I think it's chemistry more than anything else. I thought I was going to sneeze for a second. So apologies. Actually. Yeah. Let me just put up any picture So you don't have to look at me uh, potentially sneezing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, the best way to explain this offense is and dave canals i think described it perfectly when he was actually talking about another sport he said this offense is going to be like a boxing match you know they're going to hit you with body blows and body blows and body blows and you know you might be feeling okay after a couple of rounds or i guess in this place after the first quarter but bam when they hit that haymaker you don't even know what's coming and i think you really saw that today on the Cade warner touchdown on the you know, the Mike Evans touchdown thrown by Kyle Trask yesterday and uh, the big play to David Wells too. I think they're really going to kind of lull teams to sleep. And I and I don't mean that in terms of that the Bucs offense is going to be boring. Because first of all, if you're scoring points, that ain't boring. I don't care if it's a, you know, 12-play, 10-minute drive and you're only up 7 nothing after the first quarter. It's like, well, you had the ball the whole time and you're one for yeah. one on your drives or I don't care if it's a two play 80 yard drive and bam you're already up seven nothing and you're a minute into the game. If you're scoring points, this Bucks defense is good enough where they they're going to hold up to their end of the bargain. I feel pretty good about that through 17 games. Majority of the time, the Bucks defense will make sure that the game is won if you have a a multiple score lead for sure. So that's why it's important that they they hit on these big plays uh, when they are called upon. Because you know there are going to be times as well where the Bucks don't have the lead. You know there's going to be times where they're going to be down seven nothing, fourteen to three, stuff like that. And you have to be able to show that you can score quickly and maybe when you're a little more predictable, for lack of a better term. That was a term we used a lot last season with Byron Leftwich. But in it, it, it must need passing situations is really what i'm trying to say you have to be able to show that you're not just going to be able to use trickeration and certain design game plans to beat a team sometimes you have to go off script and we're learning that little by little when it comes to uh, the bucks offense and everything like that so baker and wolfert had the big plays kyle trask very consistent completing his passes a little Shorter and intermediate, and that's fine. Because Trask was fantastic during red zone and goal line. And so was Baker Mayfield. I think Trask had three touchdowns. Baker had two and would have had another. But it was dropped uh, on the play by a tight end. But the tight ends overall, Bailey, they were. You know, Robert Sala said yesterday, uh, if you don't have haters, you ain't popping or something like that. <laughs> but the Bucks' tight ends were popping off today.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's kind of been a continuing theme we've seen throughout training camp so far, um, and I think that's been another encouraging thing to watch. I know I keep using the word encouraging, but um, you're kind of wondering about this tight end group going into everything because you see obviously Kate Otten's coming back for year two. Co-Keeft is back for year two, but he's not hasn't really been a, a passing threat. They draft Payne Durham, and you know Payne's been a little bit quiet so far in training camp, but you know giving him some time. And then David Wells has come, come out of nowhere um, and, and established himself and this group has been pretty involved throughout the the majority of, of practices. And we saw it today was in the red zone where they're making their impact, you know, on the, the goal line period uh, Kyle Trask threw back-to-back touchdowns to K. Otten. And then um, in, in the next period uh, Baker looked for, for David Wells uh, up from the goal line. I think it was the, the ball went off Wells's hands and then he turned right around the next play and threw the ball to Dominique Daphne for a touchdown. So, these tight ends are, are getting yeah. involved. It seems like in all facets of the offense because we've seen it in the red zone. We've also kind of seen it up the, you know, some of these seam routes up the field and, you know, we've seen them. Uh, I think Otten's had a great camp and Wells has obviously done a lot for himself as well.
0: I really like David Wells as a receiver. I would like to see more as a blocker. Cause I specifically yeah. remember from Saturday's practice, Anthony Nelson just pushed him further back every single time. It was one rep in particular, but, pushed him multiple steps backwards so i uh, need him to clean that up a little bit i'm pretty high on kate Otten. we saw it today kate Otten doesn't need a lot of space bailey you just get into the end zone turn around win get the football touchdown i think we're gonna see a lot more of that from kate Otten this year because whether it's Trask, whether it's baker it was Trask specifically on these he was firing that ball in there it wasn't like a nice little touch pass or a a float or anything, it was like that probably wasn't a good uh, noise to get it going. But right to Kate Otten over and over again, where's your level of optimism specifically for Kate Otten going into this year?
1: It's pretty high. I mean, I think last year you started to see little glimpses of it. You know, you saw – I think he was the fourth-round pick last year. And yeah. you saw different times where, like, all right, he's getting involved in the game a little bit. down Down the stretch it seemed like – he would get involved in spurts. Like he would have like three or four catches on a drive and then none for the rest of the game. And so you kind of want to see a little bit more consistency. And it's not; it wasn't just coming down to Kate Otten thing last year. It was, I think the offense as a whole, the different options that, you know, Tom Brady had to throw to. Um, but I think Kate Otten's really stepping up into this tight end one role. And it, it is his role. He is going to be a big part of things for the Bucks uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And I, I really think he's capable of handling it and he's showing it so far in camp.
0: Big day for the Cades, whether it was Warner with a K or Otten with a C. Big day for the Cades. Speaking of C, I think this is an awesome time to talk about our favorite energy drink, Celsius Energy Drink, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. So many flavors. Their newest one is the Cosmic Vibe, which you see on the screen. It's a sparkling fruit punch absolutely delicious there's a ton of awesome flavors you see the sparkling lemon lime and the sparkling orange don't forget about the oasis vibe that's also it's not the newest celsius energy drink that you can find but it's one of uh one of the more new flavors that you can find of course arctic vibes my personal favorite cucumber limes awesome strawberry lemonade grape a peach vibe i had yesterday as well vibes are always high on the show so if you need to know where to find a Celsius energy drink, go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location to where you can pick one up at your local uh, convenience store or your bodega. And then if you want to get it in bulk, which I would recommend because of all the awesome flavors, get that variety pack. It's a variety of the spice of life. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save. You can have it sent to your house, apartment, residence, wherever you live. Maybe you're chilling at a hotel. Get it sent to the hotel. Um, you can have it sent every uh, week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want it. Just make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. And Bailey, after a big day for the defense yesterday, they weren't poor by any means. They just, it's tough to, it's tough to outdo five interceptions uh, on a day. We saw... A uh, pass breakup from Zion McCollum. We got to see with Levante David not participating. And that was just a veterans day off. We spoke to Levante David yesterday after practice. So clearly uh, no no need to worry there. But Cervasi Dennis got to get the start next to Devin White at inside linebacker. He had a would-be sack on a blitz early in practice. Great experience for him. What's your overall thoughts about A. Dennis? How he fits into this uh, this defense, and what have you seen from him so far, early on in training camp?
1: I mean, he's been pretty solid so far. I think way ahead of where I would have maybe expected him to be as a guy who was a day three pick, um, you know, a depth linebacker at least for this year. But we were thinking like early in, in rookie minicamp, and then you know, OTAs, and then mandatory minicamp for the whole team that it looked like he he could be a future starter and you're seeing that a little bit more, I think as training camp goes on. And I know it's um, no one really knows what the future holds for that position, whether or not Levante comes back for another year uh, in 2024, whether or not, you know, Devin white gets a contract extension in Tampa or he goes elsewhere, but you know, the the time may come at some point here in, in the near future for, for Cervasier. And so far he's, he's proven that, that that's an opportunity that he should get because, He's he's flying in there on blitzes. He's got great instincts for the football. He's got he's I think up to three or four interceptions so far, um, just over the course of all the practices he's been at. And he, yeah, you're he's,
0: including OTAs in mean, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And and he's got just like the the IQ that he plays with, and, and how he, how in tune he is with everything. Um, it's it's evident, and I think it's something that's going to continue to grow as he gets more and more comfortable in this defense.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited for what he can be because I, I truly think he's a future starter. He could be a future starter as close as next season, depending on what happens with De- both Devin and Levante. Now, obviously, there's a long way to go. He hasn't even played in his first game yet. But I even asked him yesterday, is he excited for Friday's game? Does he look at it as just kind of a stepping stone for the regular season? And he's very much viewing it as just a stepping stone so far. I mean, yes, the first preseason game is exciting for any rookie. Todd Bowles told us that uh, he remembers his first ever preseason game because it was actually against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he had a pick six off of uh, Steve DeBerg back in the day. And so a pretty memorable one for uh, Todd Bowles in that aspect. And then I know he had mentioned before about the players, the young guys, don't remember anything before like 2019 or anything like that. They don't believe that he played. So I tried asking him, like, "Is this a story that you would tell players so they believe that you actually play?" And he was kind of like, "Yeah, they still don't believe that I play." But I, I was trying to, I was trying to help out uh, Coach Bowles with that one. Maybe he'll um, dive back into it. Was there anything, any other notes, news, anything, news and notes from? Uh, From practice, really, I think we covered a lot of it. No Levante David, no Ryan Jensen. Greg Gaines did not practice again. Todd Bowles said it's nothing to worry about, so I'll take his word for it. But, I mean, it's been multiple days now. Charles Snowden did return the outside linebacker, so he is back into the mix. And then, yeah, one of the other things of note, really, is the kicking competition. Uh, Chase McLaughlin, Rodrigo Blankenship, they both were uh, 4 for 4 hitting from 53 yards. And uh, the kick return game, Bailey, there's a little bit of competition there.
1: Yeah, I think we saw it, especially in the, in the punt return um, you know, early period today with special teams. I think there were five guys returning punts. Let me see if I can remember them off the top of my head. Know Devin Tompkins was one of them. Trey Palmer. Um, Kalen David, Geiger. David uh, Moore. David Moore was another one. Yeah, that was one I was forgetting. And Tay Barber. Um, so five guys back there returning punts. I still think it's Devin Tompkins' job to lose, but I am very, very interested to see – Trey Palmer get a shot at it just with his, you know, his straight line speed and just how quick he is. Um, but yeah, and we're seeing a you know, kick return, the depth chart, initial depth chart came out yesterday and they've got uh, Tompkins back there as the starting kick returner, but I would like to see Palmer back there. Rashad White was listed behind Devin Tompkins uh, as the the kick returner on down the depth chart. And I don't know how much I'd love to see the Bucs starting running back, uh, returning any kicks should, you know, Tompkins not be in there, but, yeah, I think definitely some some interesting things to, to look at on special teams and kind of going back to Servassier Dennis just a, yeah. along with all these other rookies, like that's another thing that you like about him and, and some of these other guys that the Bucks brought in is they're very dialed into the special team side of things. you know Servassier had said back when we talked to him, I think it might have been um, earlier this summer at some point. he was saying you know, his first year at Pitt, he was told like if you want to make it in the NFL, you got to play special teams. So he said, I'm going to be on all four special teams units. And that's something that Keith Armstrong talked about when we talked to him last week. He's a guy who is is willing to be in there and and do everything he can. so some different things and and different um, guys to look out for at different spots throughout this uh, preseason game on Friday, outside of just the offense and defensive side of things.
0: Yeah. I think that goes a long way having guys that played special teams in college doing it at the nfl level that's one thing if you're a returner but I, I really think about those guys that are like kind of like along the interior offensive defensive line for special teams where it's something a little bit different to them if you're fast and you're a gunner and you just have to run straight down the field you're kind of used to that uh, a little bit but it's a little bit different in the situation that sarvasia dennis is in and you know we even talked to Jose Ramirez was on the podcast not too long ago. And he said that he hadn't really played special teams before. Now he does have that speed, but that worries me a little bit for, for, you know, for his own sake of trying to make this team. Cause there is that adjustment period. There's adjustments just getting to the NFL in the first place. And then there's more to it on top of that. And one of them being having a role as a special teams player. And you know what? It's so funny. I was watching recently. It was, um, They've been doing a lot of of football life on NFL Network, probably because of the the Hall of Fame game and everything, or just the NFL Hall of Fame. One more time, congratulations to Rondé Barber and the rest of the 2023 class. And for whatever reason, Terrell Davis was on. And Terrell Davis has been in the Hall of Fame for years already. But they were showing him as a rookie, and it was like old-school Broncos with that bright orange and the light blue helmet. And he was playing special teams. And it was a preseason game in Japan, which, like, very interesting in its own right. And he was on special teams. He sprinted down, was the first guy there, and popped the kick returner. And everyone was like, whoa, oh, my God. This guy isn't just a rookie. He's not just a special teams guy or a running back. He's a football player. And that earned him more roles for the Broncos and obviously went on to have a Hall of Fame career and that's exactly what Keith Armstrong is saying. And it, <clears throat> this is going to be the case for a lot of guys, especially in that secondary. Chris Isian. Yes, he might make it as the top slot corner or backup safety, but that's not guaranteed. You know what will help him get that spot? If he's good on special teams. Same with Kayvon Merriweather. Same with Josh Hayes. These roles are all up for grabs. And as much as they take away stuff with, <clears throat> excuse me, kick and and kick return, there's not much you can take away from punt and punt return so there's still going to be a role for special teams in that type of situation and uh, we'll find out on Friday who's uh, who's going to take advantage of it
1: yeah and we've seen those units struggle in recent years under Keith Armstrong and and I think the the bucks set out to get faster and and quicker this offseason for other reasons but I, I think that helps too is to get some of these guys quicker and, and smarter uh, in the building and, and on special teams because the you know, punt coverage is huge. You give up a – it's a momentum-changing play if you give up a 35, 40-yard return, even if it's not a touchdown. Um, I think it's its one of those things that's a big part of the game that kind of obviously, obviously will get overlooked because it's not the most glamorous side of things, but still just as important.
0: Yeah, no question about it. Let's get into um, a couple of the press conferences we had after – practice today and uh, obviously the big news Todd Bowles confirmed that it. it was first reported by JC Allen of pewterreport.com and we had it on Peter Report as well that Baker Mayfield is starting on Friday against the Pittsburgh Steelers and then Kyle Trask when the Bucks head to New York slash New Jersey will be the starter against the New York Jets and Paul even said Like, you know, no, no one earned it more than the other. It's just kind of how we're going about it. Any surprise here? I think that was just the right way to go for Coach Bowles.
1: Yeah, and I I think so. I don't think it was anything. um, I I wasn't expecting Todd Bowles to say anything other than that, really. It was kind of them going into, if I'm remembering correctly, I mean, Baker, Baker started uh, with the ones on the first day of camp. and They've been alternating here and there. And if you want to look at it that way, I mean, uh, Kyle Trask had his day with the ones today. And so it lines up for Baker to have his day with the ones just against another team playing the Steelers on Friday. But I think it really is more of just, you know, Baker came in as the experienced guy, the veteran, um, and he's going to get the first reps at it. But it is it's a, it's an interesting thing um, to kind of follow because, you know, I mean we don't have the preseason works at this point um with you know the first preseason game typically the starters will only go a couple series so are we going to see a couple series out of baker mayfield and then an extended you know some extended action for kyle trask or is it going to be kind of split evenly in in the first week and then you go to week two and and normally the starter will play longer is kyle trask going to get extended time in week two and then baker get a little bit more i'm just kind of curious to see how they split this up and i don't think todd bull said they had really uh come up with that yet. They haven't really come to a decision because they were meeting about it today and I think tomorrow, of course. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of split things up because you do want to see both guys get you know their reps with the ones in, in terms of the starting offensive line and the, the starting receivers and everyone. Yeah, and that was something that
0: Coach Bowles got asked, particularly after, <clears throat> after Baker and Trask. We wanted to know how long the starters on the offensive line we're going to be in like would they would they both get to work with those starters or does baker get the starters early on and then Trask doesn't get it until the second week against the jets and then whoever's the backup in each one um you know they get to work with the the second team and let's remember ryan jensen isn't playing on friday so baker is not going to be taking snaps from jensen and the reason why that's a little more concerning than anything else is that there have been a number of botched snaps between Ryan Jensen and Robert Hainsey, Uh Sorry, uh, Robert Hainsey and Nick Leverett. It happened today as well. So a little bit of concern there. Bowles wouldn't commit one way or another about the starters on the offensive line. I highly doubt we see Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. So it's like, how much can we really get from this? And I understand, like, I don't care if Mike Evans doesn't play a snap in the preseason for all three games, but how do you balance finding out who's the best quarterback for the job? And oh well, he's working with the fifth and sixth string wide receivers.
1: Yeah, I don't know, and it's one of those things, I guess, where you kind of just see how he runs the offense. And let me, like you said, I, I honestly I don't need to see Mike Evans play preseason at all. I'm sure he probably will, um, you know, suit up and, and play a few series or a few snaps just to kind of get out there and get back into the swing of things. But honestly, the, the more they can um, limit Mike Evans, you know, the chances that he has one of those hamstring issues flare up, he always seems to have one uh, happen in camp. And, you know, the, the more they can limit that, that possibility, I think the better, but it is, it's kind of curious to see. And that's kind of why I think the joint practices with the jets next week are going to be so telling because I think yes. sometimes you'll see coaches take those practices and say, all right, like this is when we're going to go all in here. And I think it kind of happened last year uh, a little bit. And by by the time the game came around, it was like, all right, we saw what we needed to see in practice. So maybe Kyle Trask goes out there and starts against the Jets, but it is guys like, um, you know, maybe Russell Gage is your wide receiver one, Devin Tompkins, Trey Palmer, rather than those top two guys. And I think you could still get, get some, you know, a, a good bit of information out of that. Um, kind of just seeing how these quarterbacks command the huddle, how they, you know, they go through their reads, how they're able to, you know, stay in the pocket, leave the pocket when Dave Canales wants them to, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch. And I know that's going to be something that everyone's really dialed into when they get on the field on Friday.
0: Football fan says Baker can start and be terrible or good. Trask can start and be good or terrible. Yeah, I, I, I think really anything's. On the board right now, you know, because Baker's had the interceptions, but is he testing things out? Will he turn it on when there's other competition? Kyle Trask has been way more consistent, but it's like, does he does he play subpar against that other competition, seeing new faces, new uniforms? Or does he even up his game and play even better? Because this is the ultimate decider of winning a starting job, which a lot of people have not Penciled him in to win this job and he proves all the doubters wrong. So there's a number of different storylines just with the quarterbacks in their play alone, besides the, the whole team in of itself, Bucks fan Jax Does I mean, you live in Jacksonville and you're a Bucks fan. That's cool. We got Bucks fans all over the places was Jensen re-injured in the playoff game. Not necessarily, but Ryan Jensen said when we had him last week or two weeks ago, he said that he probably shouldn't have played in that game in the first place, but obviously his his heart was in it. So I don't necessarily think that he re-injured it. He just wasn't even 100% when he played. He did it for the love of the game. So the Bucs are very much easing his way back into the lineup. That's why... Yes, it's concerning he hasn't played in any eleven on eleven team drills, but it was a nice step in the right direction that yesterday he was actually getting physical and pass blocking against pass rushing defensive tackles. Bailey, where's your concern with Ryan Jensen right now? Do you think the Bucs are going about it the right way? Or is it the clock is ticking and they gotta decide something soon?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's I think they're they're right to take this, you know, little by little, especially with the route that he took. I mean, this is kind of a newer thing where he opted not to have surgery and kind of have this this different treatment, um, whatever that entailed and and kind yeah. of have it heal on its own. Um, but I don't think they really know one way or the other. And I think Todd Bowles said it yesterday. He said some days he's feeling better than others. And when we talked to Ryan Jensen, he said, you know, it feels strong. It feels great. And that they're on this plan to make sure it continues to feel that way. So I'm sure the plan I mean, the plan in place, Makes sense. Um, The fact that there's good and bad days is a little concerning to me because it's like, all right, you know, they they do get, say they do get him back in there and he's playing 11 on 11s and then rolls around week one, they're getting ready to play in Minnesota and his knee, he gets a bad day for his knee. Like, is that something that's going to continue and, um, you know, linger throughout the season? That's worrying to me. The curious thing where he said, like, I shouldn't have played in that playoff game. I think, I don't remember who it was. I think it might've been uh, Joey Knight from, from the times. Or, it might've been Greg Allman. I'm not sure had kind of followed up with him in that press conference and said, did, like, did, were there any adverse effects to you playing in that game? Because he did say like, I shouldn't have played. And he said, no, like nothing, you know, there was no, no further damage or no, um, you know, further effects from it. I think maybe that's what the comment where he said he shouldn't have played meant like, he didn't think he played well, or you know, the offensive line as a whole yeah. wasn't great. It Maybe it was more of that. but I, So I don't know that he re-injured it in the Dallas game, but I do have a little bit of concern where it's like, if this is going to be a thing week to week where it's like, how is he feeling this week? That can get a little tough.
0: It can. And this can't be like, a, oh, he's going to play, then he's not going to play. He's going to play, he's not going to play. I think that the Bucs should really just – commit to one way or another. And I, I think they can have up until next week with the Jets joint practice. He doesn't participate in that. I don't think you want him to start his first 11 on 11s against another team where guys are fighting to make the Jets roster and, and things of that nature. So I think after that Jets preseason game, if, if Jensen isn't ready to participate in 11 on 11s, because that would give them, I mean, tomorrow makes it one month until the season. So you're talking about after next week, you'd have about three weeks to kind of get ready and and prepare for that first season or first game of the regular season. If he's not ready by then, I think the Bucks have to look the rest of this training camp with Robert Haines as our starter. I don't really see how you could look at it any other way if, if Ryan Jensen isn't ready by then. But those were some of the biggest takeaways – with Todd Bowles, what he had to say. Defensively, I mean, it sucks to Cansey obviously isn't available. I can't see Vita Vea playing. Levante's clearly not going to play. Devin White's not going to play. Who really is going to be starting on the defensive line? Logan Hall? I, I would imagine Greg Gaines hasn't practiced in the last three days. They're not going to throw him into the game on Friday. But uh, Pat O'Connor will get time. Deidre and Sinat. Willington Prevalon! Mike Green as well. So that'll be a lot of your defensive linemen, but hopefully Logan Hall can play. And then outside linebacker, we'll get Yaya. That's probably the most exciting rookie to see play, at least on the defensive side.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially with Kalaja out, Yaya has been getting a lot of buzz and I think he's had a really good camp. And and Todd Bowles asked about him today and he said, obviously he's very fast, very strong, and he's he's putting those things together. And the one thing they're working on with him is, is hand placement. Um, but they said that his effort is there, his speed, his power is showing. And once he kind of puts all of that together with the hand placement, they said he's, or Todd Bowles said he's, you know, somebody that he's really excited to watch. And I think he is, he's probably pr- the most exciting, uh, rookie to c- to watch come Friday night.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think him, Servase, Dennis, both guys that can, uh, start making a name for themselves on this team and a name you've heard us talk about a lot because they can help you with your finances is amuni financial
1: at amuni financial we help you live in the now congratulations you we're so happy thank for you thank you and even though the now may feel very different you still need to plan for the future how's retirement treating
0: you? oh just fantastic
1: i know i say it all the time but you really got to come up to colorado let's do it all right yeah. we can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow. Today, A-Muni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead.
0: That's right. Take care of your finances with Immuni Financial. They have been proudly serving clients across the country since 1980. So, as we talked about before, we got awesome Bucks fans all over. You don't have to just live in Florida or Tampa specifically to Get help from Immunity Financial with your financial situation. Um, They have advisory services, legacy and retirement planning, insurance services, annuities, sales and trading. They can also help you out if you are planning to pay for your child's college fund and you want to set up that fund. uh, They can work with you on that, too. Make sure you give them a call. They'll give you a free consultation. Super, super beneficial and can help you. Uh, get your money in the right situation. So that's a Muni Financial. Check them out. Bailey, we heard from someone today that I had never, I know who he is, but I had never like heard him in a press conference or anything like that before. That was running back Chase Edmonds, who has had a really, really good camp, maybe the best training camp out of all the Bucks running backs right now. Clearly not taking over Rashad White for running back one. Chase Edmonds came in with something to prove as one of the new guys on this team I guess there are a lot of new guys in the running back room with two undrafted free agents and Chase Edmonds as well but I like the vibes that Chase Edmonds had in this press conference talked a lot about how he loves Rashad White and he loves this zone blocking type of scheme in the run game for this Bucs offense.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's been fun to watch him, and that's one of those things, too, with, I mean, as much as we talk about the quarterback competition going into the preseason, seeing this run game and how this run game is going to fare out there against, you know, live tackling and, and, and real football game, that's also exciting because I, it's hard to tell with training camp because they don't do a lot of, like, actual live periods. It's a lot of, like, install, you know, this is this yeah. is how we're running our scheme. Um, the running plays at eleven on 11s are kind of just like all right when you when he's touched that's kind of it you know they'll finish the play yeah but, is
0: he breaking a tackle or does he get yeah
1: there yeah so it, it'll be interesting I think to see all of these guys in game action but especially Chase Edmonds and like you mentioned like I I think we were talking about it at practice like I don't know when I would have ever heard Chase Edmonds talk like I didn't even know what he would sound like so yeah. we got to talk <laughs> to him it was uh it was pretty cool to hear from him he he was talking too about. Uh, Dave Canales and the, and the energy and positivity that he's been bringing to the team, because I think Chase said something along the lines of like, as a guy who's like big on positive energy and like, and um, you know those those vibes, like uh, he likes a lot of what Dave Canales is doing, and really, yeah, really fun to hear from from Chase Edmonds, and excited to see him uh, get a chance to play play in this preseason.
0: I respect that he acknowledged too that last year was was a down season for him. Uh, wasn't obviously his best, but, you know, he's going into, I believe he said his sixth year. So he's been around the block. He kind of understands this. And he truly believes that he can carve out a role, especially as that third down running back. He's, he talked about improving uh, as a receiver, and he's already a pretty solid receiver. But he's like, I want to be that third down guy because he understands this is Rashad White's role as, as the top guy, top running back on this team. But that doesn't mean that he, Edmonds isn't going to be contributor. And then I also asked him about Tristan Wirfs, And clearly chase Edmonds is he loves the game of football because I, what I was trying to ask him was cause we all know bucks fans all know Tristan is moving to left tackle. He hasn't played it at all in the NFL. He played it a little bit at Iowa. So what I was trying to get across to chase Edmonds, and I don't know if he totally understood what I was saying was with Tristan moving to the left side, If you hadn't known that Tristan was making this move from right to left, if you just appeared at practice and Tristan works was the starting left tackle for the Buccaneers, does he look like a guy that has been playing there for like 10, 15 years? And I couldn't even get most of the, all the question out and, and uh, Chase Evans was, and I I liked his answer. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a football fan. I'm an NFL fan. I know he was on the right side. I know Donovan Smith played at left tackle last season, and uh, then moved over. Well, he's not with the team anymore. Now Tristan's moving over to the left side. He said, Tristan Worf is great. He's a stud. He's going to be – he's already great with that adjustment. And then I tried, like, kind of finishing my question just so he understood all the context. And then Chase Edmonds went in and was like, yeah, he actually played some left tackle at Iowa too. So Chase Edmonds has done his homework on this Buccaneers team. He clearly knows – the offense in and out. I wouldn't be surprised if he had all the same stats about the defense, too, about oh, Ryan Neal, played for Seattle, got to start after Jamal Adams and everyone else at safety got yeah. hurt. And then the Seahawks let him go last second because they didn't want him to <laughs> Like I'm sure Chase Edmonds probably knew about that as well. So shout out to Chase Edmonds. First time talking to him. First time he was in front of a camera in, in the Tampa media and uh, very, very interesting guy. We also spoke to Don't make a scene, it's just Dean. And he's just always fun when he's out there. Uh, He just seems so comfortable with what he's doing. He's tied for the team lead with two interceptions in in training camp. And My biggest takeaway, Bailey, I'll get your thoughts after. I just think he is just so sound of... He just understands everything that this defense is requiring of him and Carlton and the secondary and just the whole unit where he knows when he can take risks. He knows when he can't take risks. I hope he's a little bit more of a risk taker this year because I know the Bucs are afraid of getting beat by the big play, the deep ball over their heads. But I also think if they get a little risky this year, you're going to see a lot more turnovers. And when this team is getting turnovers, it lights out for the opponents.
1: Yeah, Jamel really seems at home. Like he just seems like really lax and just like he knows, he knows what he's doing, and he like hey, there's nothing to be concerned about at this point. Um I mean, even just like the little mannerisms he has. I mean, he's always been a fun guy, but like he he comes up to the to the area where we're doing the press conference. and He kind of like taps the mic and yeah, you know, just that's how he starts it off. So I think everybody was like the kind of questions died down. And he like knew that it was over and. As he stood up, he kind of just like gave a smile and just went like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as he was leaving, it's so, like it was just it was kind of cool just to kind of see him. He seems so just relaxed and so just happy to be um, in the position that he's in. And I think that was interesting talking to him because it was something when he re-signed with the Bucks, he had said he wants to be a mentor to the younger guys. Was um, saying that like he had that with Richard Sherman a couple of years ago and. Um, you know, he, it was his turn to kind of turn around and he was asked about that. And I thought it was interesting to hear, uh, what he said, because it was more like a, yeah, I need to lead by example. And I'm here to answer, you know, any questions that these guys have. And I can say, I can say what I'm, you know, seeing in the meeting rooms, but I, he said, I want them to play their games. Like, I, I don't want them to, to tell them like how they need to do things. I want them to be them. And if they need anything, like, obviously I'm here. So kind of a, a good peek at, you know, his mindset, as far as being a leader on this defense
0: i'm i need your opinion on this Uh, i put this poll out on twitter earlier the best bucks catchphrase slash moniker slash uh saying that we have right now i put four on this poll you can check it out on my twitter maddie four underscore matera at maddie four underscore matera um i'm gonna add a fifth one as well i can't on the on the poll so i'm just gonna say it here for the peter people best catchphrase slash saying for the bucks is it get live 45 don't make a scene it's just Dean let Baker bake trash time or praise be to Godwin
1: <laughs> okay the, the addition of praise be to Godwin is really good yeah um, so I almost maybe want to lean that one but I did vote in your poll and I voted for don't make a scene it's just Dean because I I don't know every time he says it or someone says it it makes me smile I don't know what it is um, but I, I really like that. Get live 45s up there too. That's a that's a really good one. Um, but yeah, I voted for for don't make a scene, and then Praise be to Godwin is is gonna challenge it. I think.
0: Yeah, uh, I appreciate your participation in the in the vote. I I wanted to put Praise be to Godwin in there, but I also didn't want to come off as biased. If like I only had Let Baker bake and not trash, yeah. so I'd be like, well, why don't you have one for Kyle Tras? So that's why, I, unfortunately praise be to god when did not make it it's definitely in there though um yeah. i think i'm going get live 45 i just think it rolls off the tongue the best we all know the song get live staples a <laughs> yeah. uh, a true banger that's always classic fun, especially when the bucks are winning but yeah feel free to comment in the chat or on this youtube channel uh as well which which uh catchphrase is your personal favorite you know uh, there are no wrong answers which is
1: nice now that you say that and know we've I don't think you and I have talked about that song quite a bit the Bucks do play that song in Raymond James Stadium like I've, I've heard it over the loudspeakers yeah. like in, in between um, like commercial breaks or whatever it is so like that just the little thing like I know you know the Bucks will be back home on Friday and like I'm looking for I don't know if they will play it on Friday but I'm looking forward to hearing that over the speakers again because it's always uh, always fun
0: they also played it during the – when the Bucks won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. during the, the boat parade. Like after there was a thing like at the – at like the port where all the boats yeah. docked. And they, that's where they did like the, the speeches and everything. But as everyone was coming up, the, the DJ DJs playing different music. But they played Get Live Stables. And they played it I think like twice in a row. And I had a video at the time of Devin White listening to his own song. He was just like yeah. having a conversation <laughs> with someone though. So it wasn't like he was really – Jamming yeah. to it, but it is, it is a great song. We have to try ride on the road. Everyone knows it. Uh, awesome great. song. And um, yeah, a ton of fun. It's also a lot of fun when you win money, especially when you are gambling. You gamble on the Bucks game this Friday. They do it for preseason too. Of course, you can do all of this at mybookie.ag. And also they got their online casino going, which is super fun. It is new and improved, and it's here to change the game. You can dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest slots, progressive jackpots, and live dealer action, all from the comfort of your own home. Take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards. The MyBookie Casino provides a Las Vegas experience when the action's in your hands, And the best part is you don't even need to wear pants, even though I would recommend doing so. Your adventure at the MyBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using the promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. And that's not all because their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. The more you play, the more you win. So play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino. You can also use that promo code Pewter. Get up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus at MyBookie.ag. Use it for anything that you want to bet on, whether it's football, baseball you still got going on, hockey seasons around the corner, as is basketball. UFC, they always got stuff going on. So even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. MyBookie.ag, promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. All right, Bailey, before we close out the show, you will be live for the Buck steelers preseason game on Friday. I believe it's going to be you, Sr. Scott Reynolds, and Sly, Adams Slavon, all going to the game. I will be starting the post-game podcast with maybe another guest, and then Scott Reynolds will pop on as well. What are you looking for? looking for in this game any players specifically any type of matchup uh what what is what are you interested in for this game
1: i'll stay away from the quarterback stuff yeah yeah, yeah. That, that goes unique. without saying the yeah. quarterback competition yeah i think a lot of it is um some of these young guys just like we talked about yaya diaby trey palmer Raheem jarrett um you know some of the guys christian izian Kayvon merriweather some of those younger guys whether they're draft picks or the undrafted free agent guys, or even the second year guys like Nolan Turner, um, who has had a, a good camp, like how they translate that to the preseason. I'm looking forward to that because that's where these guys kind of make, um, you know, a name for themselves and, and kind of establish themselves as players who need to be considered for the 53-man roster is out there under the lights. And, you know, you're not going to see a ton of, if, if at all, you're not going to see a ton of the main guys who you know you'll see during the regular season, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Vita yeah. Vea. You know you're not going to see them a ton. So it's a, a lot of it is about these guys who are are fighting for those, you know, depth wide receiver roles. You know, those last few spots right. on the uh, outside linebacker depth chart and and you know, defensive line guys and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think the other thing would maybe just be the, the kicking competition, see how they handle um, you know, whether it's somebody gets this game, somebody gets yeah. the next game, or if they kind of divide it up and, and see how that goes. I think Chase McLaughlin's in the lead right now, he but is um yeah it'll be interesting how they how they go about that
0: i think they'll alternate kicks or something like that because it's you know they say raymond james stadium is one of the tougher um you know stadiums to kick in but it seemed up until ryan suck up all the road kickers seemed to hit it fine and, and the bucks kickers couldn't but thank you yeah. ryan suck up for all you did for the bucks um by the way i want to give a shout out to uh Gene Cameron or Gene Cameron, uh, I love Peter Report. Thank you so much. We love you, too. Football fan also says that. I love it, too. We love all you guys. We love the Peter people. A couple things I'm looking at. The trenches. I think that's one of the toughest things. Trenches and running backs, I think, are really <clears throat> the toughest to really determine during training camp when there's hitting, but there's also not real hitting. So, Logan Hall, year two, where is that? Step up. Where's that adjustment for him in year two? Cody Malk, obviously a lot riding on him, I think is super important. I was about to say Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, Sean Tucker. Sean Tucker, obviously a lot of people are excited about him. So looking forward to see what he can do. And then as far as some of the skill positions, Raheem Jarrett, we've talked about him a ton. Is he going to be one of those guys that's great in practice and then doesn't show up in the game? Or can he do it all? Because if he has a good, if he if one of the three games, if he has like a standout game, gets on Peter Report's most impressive. Not saying that we decide who makes the team and who doesn't, <laughs> um, but I think one standout game and two solid games of Raheem Jarrett makes this team. Someone in the secondary, obviously all the safeties, very excited to watch. As far as corners go, Keenan Isaac. He's been a guy, has two interceptions, but he's also allowed a, a couple of touchdowns. I'm very intrigued to see what he can do mm-hmm. in this game. But a lot of fun storylines. JB says, I'm excited for Yaya Diab, or as Scott would say, Yaya
1: Diab.
0: Grace Acosta says, Bucks plus two and a half is a steal. <laughs> I might be on that one, Grace. I'm 1-0 right now. I took the over in the Hall of Fame game. And so off to a good start. So we'll we'll see about this Bucks game. Of course, we got all the Bucks coverage all the time on our website, pewterreport.com. Please follow us on our social media on X, also known as Twitter, Facebook, threads, and Instagram. We are at pewterreport. And then our YouTube channel is Report TV. We always got stories, stuff going on on pewterreport.com lot of different videos on all of our social media um our instagram reels have uh, been doing pretty well so appreciate everybody watching that our youtube channel we got the podcast we got various clips both at practice press conferences everything else in between so please give us a follow and then lastly just a scheduling update for everybody no show tomorrow the bucks do not have practice therefore we will not be doing a podcast and then we will have a post game show after bucks and Steelers are done don't know an exact time because we don't know when the game is going to end but it will be not long after the game is finished probably right after we speak to todd bowles it'll be right around after coach bowls speaks we'll be right on our youtube so make sure you check it out there no pewter game day show the live stream during the game but we will be doing that for the regular season so that's always been a ton of fun uh doing that with everybody reading all the comments and interacting with everybody on the chat. So we'll have that again this season, just kind of saving it for the regular season, maybe a little bit of the preseason, depending on how far this quarterback competition goes. But yeah, next show is post-game Friday after Bucks first Steelers. But that's going to do it for us on this afternoon show for B.A. Bad Bailey. And that means in a good way. It's an endearing way for Spider-Man. I'm Matt there saying thanks everybody for watching. We will see you Friday after the game for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.